Hey everyone, welcome back to The Fight With Our Feelings, and this is episode four, uh, which is all about control. And I keep thinking for each episode when I when I sit down to record these that I'm going to feel a little more settled and less anxious and, and not be as worried about how each episode is going to come out. Um, and that hasn't happened yet, and, and it may never happen. I may kind of always enter the start of this feeling weird and awkward and anxious because I'm just sitting talking out loud to myself. Um, but anyways, we're here. We made it. We showed up. And I'm actually really excited about what I have planned for this episode. Uh, to start with a quote, I think I'm going to think I'm going to dive into that right away. The one that I have for today is from Brene Brown, another hugely hugely inspirational um, person in this field of work for me and this is from her book rising strong and she talks for a bit of time about the middle uh, kind of being this really dark period that we enter when we've when we've kind of taken a step and you know walked through a certain door that's now closed behind us and we can't yet see the end you know we can't see the door to the outside to the finish where it stops being difficult. And so this quote, she says, the middle is messy, but it's also where the magic happens. And I like that for today because, you know, today's topic being control, people will often come to me either as, you know, prospective clients or you know, current or old clients. Uh, and I think just in general, in the discussion around emotions and mental health, this word control kind of gets thrown around. And when people come to me specifically and they talk about wanting to control their feelings and control their emotions, it it makes me think of, you know, the natural messiness of our feelings, of what we go through. And I always kind of have to be a bit calculated or, or at least just pause when I respond in those moments because I, I get it. I get the desire to want to control what we go through. Um, and the challenge is that it, it is just messy. It's crunchy. It's weird. It's difficult. It's shitty. It is not something that can be easily controlled. And why I think that control actually contributes to this fight, to this lack of acceptance of our own experiences, is that you know, control inherently in itself is trying to, you know, kind of limit and manage and put constraints around how big something can be, you know, or how expansive a, a feeling can be, or the the dynamics of these experiences. And we just don't have conscious control over those things. And when I was actually prepping for this, I I looked up the antonym of control. I don't know why. I was just, I like definitions and, and antonyms and synonyms and the, I wish I could like have a thesaurus and just like read it all the time. I'm very weird like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought it would be helpful. So I, I looked up the antonym of control and the very first thing that came up, the first word was freedom. And I laughed just straight out loud because 
it's so interesting that so often people and myself included, I've, I've done this tons of times. I've approached this idea of, you know, healing, of treating myself well, of working through something really difficult, whether it's, you know, a recurrent challenge with, you know, with anxiety, with depression, with anger, with whatever, um, or if it's even just around a particular incident, when I've approached it with a sense of control, it's just funny that the, the opposite of that, the opposite of what I think will be beneficial in this instance is actually freedom. And that just felt so fitting to me because when we look at the opposite of fighting, the opposite of avoiding and trying to control ourselves, it's acceptance. It's being open and curious and, you know, willing to make space for all the feelings and all the difficult, crunchy bits of us that come up. So talking about control, I think there's a a few reasons why we have a desire for control, why why this is something that we think will help us, uh, will benefit us, is is a, a method that we should employ to manage, and I'm doing tons of air quotes, to manage our inner experiences. I think a big one being that we don't want to react poorly. We don't want to react in a way that is out of alignment with who we are and how we want to live our lives. I think that's a huge part of it because oftentimes, I think I actually kind of posted about this today on in my Instagram post, but sometimes we have this assimilation of the idea that if we have big feelings, then we're going to have a big outward reaction, right? So um, taking anger as an example of an emotion, we might think that we need to control and I'm, my, my hands are up and I'm almost like making this kind of strangling motion, like control this feeling of anger so that we do not have this big explosive angry outburst. And, and that's a really difficult thing to separate because the way that we feel is not and does not have to be a direct kind of representation or a direct line to just how big our behavioral reaction is right? Those things can be separate. We can have really, 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 really big, huge, intense, scary, awful feelings and not react in a way that is big and huge and explosive. And especially with anger, you know, and I think people are afraid of lashing out on others, right? Or even when we're upset or anxious, we don't want to do things that that hurt other people in our life or that are destructive to our lives in some sort of way. So I think that's that's a big reason why we have this desire for control is we don't want our reactions then to be out of control, which makes sense. Um, there isn't that direct link, but but it makes sense why we have that assumption that it would. And then I think another reason that I I see maybe not more often, but I, that I see just as often is that we don't want some label of us to be true. So there are a lot of ideas about, you know, what it says about us if we can't control our emotions. And again, I can't, I can't help but make this like strangling motion with my hands. But you know, if I, if I can't control my anxiety, then I must be, 
I don't know. Why am I not thinking about this? Let's say, let's say, okay, I can't control my anxiety in a relationship. Then I'm, you know, needy or insecure. Or if I can't control my anger, then I'm a hothead or I'm an asshole. If I can't, you know, control my sadness and depression even, which is kind of a whole other thing that drives me nuts, um, you know, then I'm going to be seen as worthless or lazy or, you know, any number of really unfair labels that people attribute to just what naturally happens. Maybe not what naturally happens, sorry, but what can happen when we are in a moment of really intense feelings. And so I think this this second point about, you know, we don't want certain labels to be true of us, I think this then breaks down into two other branches as well, is that, you know, if some label is true of us, so if, you know, we can't control whatever it is we're trying to control, and so now we're seen as needy or lazy or an asshole or whatever, there's this fear that other people won't love us, right? What if, so if I can't control my anxiety enough to, you know, get out of bed and go to work and do whatever, then, you know, my friends won't like me or my boss, you know, will fire me or um, my mom is going to be disappointed in me and, you know, she won't be proud of me anymore. There's all this pressure on those labels and other people not, not liking us or not loving us. And then I think there's the second branch of us not loving us, right? If we truly believe those labels about ourselves, and that may be an even more difficult piece to overcome because it's so easy for us to be extremely hard and extremely critical on ourselves. If we have those own labels about ourselves, then it's hard for us to love us, right? So this this act of controlling or this desire to have control over our feelings, over our experiences, over, you know, the intensity of our feelings is probably in a lot of ways trying to protect us from being unlovable, right? Which isn't, and I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like people listening to this, because clients have said this to me, you know, when, when I've made kind of similar reflections from what they've told me. And then people will always say like, well, I know that that's not logical, right? It's not a logical assumption that if I can't control my anxiety, as an example, um, that I'm unlovable, right? That's not a clear logical link. But when we're in, th- when we're in these protective modes, when, when we're kind of being thrashed around by you know, these challenging rules and bullshit about how we have to be, we're not operating from a logical place. Logic isn't around. Like she's, logic has left the building. (laughs) We're gone. We're far beyond that because at that point, like if we're, if we're already far into kind of protective mode, we're not using our higher order functioning. We're not using, you know, the, our prefrontal cortex and all of that logical decision-making. We are using these very primitive emotional parts of us. And it's being guided largely by intensity in our nervous system. Um, And again, like these very primitive responses 
but we're also operating from kind of an unconscious place. You know, these are the moments when, when we feel like we're out of control. Um, I need to, I need to figure out something that I can say <laughs> as like a cue that I'm doing air quotes. So, but air quote out of control. We are not we're not here, you know, we don't feel fully present and in charge of our reactions. It's usually in those moments when we are operating on instinct, we're operating kind of on autopilot, where there's a bit of separation from our real world present moment experience and all the stuff that's going on in our minds. Usually because we've kind of been brought down this, this huge line of narratives about, you know, how terrible of a person we are because we can't control whatever feeling. Anyways, that I feel like I'm kind of on a tangent. But so the the two biggest reasons that I see that come up frequently for that explain this desire for control is that we don't want to react poorly and that we don't want certain labels to be true of us. And that then branches into, you know, these fears about other people not loving us and us not loving us, not having that self love, that self-compassion. So <laughs> control is really tricky. And what I've realized, uh, honestly, just in the couple minutes before starting to record this episode is, you know, I was thinking back on when my understanding of the word control really changed. Because there are, you know, in my training and education, there are uh I won't say a lot, but there are you know many models of therapy, including some of the most popularized ones, the ones that are talked about most often, um, that highly emphasize this concept of control. Right? That if we can, if we can control our thoughts, then we can control our feelings, and that we can, you know, somehow have this remote control. No, I don't know. I don't know that we can control them. <laughs> I can't think of a good analogy. Um, there are there are just tons of models that do insinuate that there's this possibility for control. And my perspective around it shifted a lot. I think it was especially when I was working in in my previous position where I worked um, with an addiction and mental health, and I worked with a lot of people who were extremely dysregulated, you know, not not only because of substance use and because of the intensity of their use, but mostly because of this huge amount of trauma that the majority of them had experienced um, and the dysregulation that that just naturally creates in your body. And they were, air quote, struggling <laughs> to to control the intensity of their feelings, right? And everyone was kind of telling them to to react differently, right? Or to be different. Because it, it, it wasn't just, you know, hey, your, your actions in this moment were, you know, hurtful and I'd like you to respond in a different way. It was like, hey, stop being so angry. Hey, you know, you don't need to be as anxious. You know, that, that, those messages were being fed to them by everyone around them. Their, their friends, their colleagues, their family members, their partners. And I was like, oh my God, if, if control is this end point that we're trying to get to, 
it seems like it is not possible for a lot of people. And more than that, and, I, and I've spoken about this before, beyond it, it being impossible to control, you know, those instinctual natural reactions for people, it also then just created this extra layer of failure, right? Of they were like, okay, well, clearly the biggest problem is me and that I just need to control you know, how big my feelings are. And if I can't do it, then, well, F, you know, that's, that's on me. That's my fault. I must be the problem. And this understanding of control for me personally switched a lot when uh, around the same time I, I was going to therapy for myself about an abusive relationship, about a relationship that largely included tons of power and control. And there was literally, my therapist gave me this wheel that was literally like a power and control wheel. That was the title of it. And I was like, huh, that's, that's a little striking that, you know, something, something I feel like I'm trying to help my clients strive towards being control is also included in the title of this, like, <laughs> abusive partner worksheet is like that that doesn't quite line up well that doesn't feel good more than anything I was like this just feels icky this this isn't good something's bad here and in a lot of my reflections about that relationship I you know because after abusive relationships of any sort, but especially in in domestic relationships, there is a lot of onus and shame on the the victim, the survivor, um, because a lot of situations are placed on that person as if it was their fault. And I I know that that's my experience. I know that that's the experience of any client that I've ever had who's had an abusive relationship is that they were told over and over again that you know, they just needed to do something differently. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been yelled at. They wouldn't have been called names. They wouldn't have been assaulted or abused in any way. And I think back to all these times when I was like, oh, yeah, you know, something was my fault because I just couldn't control how upset I was. I couldn't control the fact that I was, you know, crying. I couldn't control... um, I don't know, that that's something, I think just largely that something made me upset, right? And it was kind of continuously put back on me that, whoa, hey, you shouldn't be feeling as sad as you are. That's a you problem. Fix that. So when I started doing that work on myself and, you know, kind of getting this totally different definition of control, contrary to, you know, what, what I had been taught, what I was... <laughs> kind of learning about and being encouraged to help clients do controlling, controlling their feelings. I was like, Oh, this just, (laughs) I've said this, it just felt icky. It, It did not feel like that was the thing that I was meant to help people move towards. And I can't remember if I've talked about this in the last episode or in in other ones, but I've kind of been continuously working on reflecting on the, you know, the models and the 
perspectives that I bring into my work with clients and largely moving away from control is, is I think probably the biggest shift. If, if I just look at general themes, moving away from controlling, limiting, constraining, you know, air quote, fixing things to allowing, accepting, freeing, making space for, and, and being compassionate towards our inherent experiences. That has been such a momentous shift in my own life because I, I do the work on myself constantly, but especially in the work that I do with clients because I, I can see that there's, it's not, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? It's still very difficult and sometimes even more difficult to let go of this concept of control and to allow ourselves to be free in our experiences. But what it does is it, it eliminates that huge amount of expectation and constraint and restraint around what we should be doing, what we should be feeling, how we should be reacting. The last point I want to make about this, and I think this will this will kind of continue to, to be a topic of conversation and something to focus on uh, much more later on. But I do want to say that control, even though I kind of hate that word, the concept of control can be applied to, to our actual responses. And this comes back to the first point that I made you know, for, for reasons why people desire this type of control is, you know, when we think about our reactions and we don't want to react in a hot-headed way. We don't want to scream and yell when we're angry. We don't want to, um, you know, be passive aggressive and avoid people when we're anxious. We don't want to, you know, do anything necessary that, that doesn't align with who we are and how we want to live our lives, right? And that is where some semblance of control can come in. And I'm using control very lightly there again, because, you know, I hate the word, but because this type of control, control around our reactions is a lot less about placing, you know, gates and constrictions and restraints around how we respond, but it's in the, in the conscious, intentional, of slow decision-making. Control comes in our actions when instead of acting on impulse, instead of just hiding you know, from, from the world, from the situation, instead of freezing and shutting down, when we choose to pause, to think about what's happened and how we feel, and not, not controlling the feelings, not you know, tightening and suffocating the shit out of <laughs> our anxiety or our anger or our upset, but we are just, we're letting it be as big as it is. We're making space for it. And then we're saying, okay, I am really upset. I'm upset that, you know, my partner just said this thing to me and, and my upset is huge and that's okay. I might not like it, but it's okay. I'm really, really upset. It's taking up a lot of space. I'm going to sit for a moment 
I'm going to think about why there's this upset, what things have have happened more than just, you know, my partner's actions, but why is this triggering me specifically? And what do I want to be rectified? What would I like to feel heard and seen and supported? And, you know, my, I, I know for me, like my instinct in that situation is I'm sad. Okay. Shut down, be quiet. You know, that's it. Like leave, leave the situation. <laughs> if I, if I can, that's usually my impulse. And so that control comes in pausing, recognizing how I'm feeling, thinking about, okay, well, maybe it was, maybe it's created this level of upset because, you know, there's a, there's a big piece of my history that plays into this or because it, it made me doubt the trust that I have in this relationship or whatever it is. And then controlling those actions by doing something that aligns with how we want to live our life. And, and this is a bigger conversation, but just to kind of round out the end of that example, if I value, you know, honesty and communication and genuineness, which are all things that I personally do, the, the control, air quote, the controlled reaction is to sit down with my partner to tell them that, hey, I feel a lot of upset because of, you know, what you just said and here's why. And, you know, and give them space to respond. Not necessarily calmly. I don't want to, I'm kind of hesitant to say, you know, do this calmly because that's got its whole, that's kind of something that people will say when they're like insinuating that you need to control yourself. Like calm down, which I'm not trying to say, but slowly, you know, while breathing, responding in a way that is conscious, intentional, and aligns with who you are. <sighs> I realized that I, I was wasn't really I wasn't breathing in that, so I, I I need to execute a bit more control in how I how I deal with my own anxiety and just recording these things and then putting all this stuff out there and being like, oh my god, who, who do I think I am to talk about all this? But it's out there. I'm really I'm actually really happy with how this where this episode went. And I I don't really know how to end them yet. So uh, that's the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. (laughs) Let me know. um, And I'll, I'll see you next week.